0: This is Sarah Lemon, author of The Whole Dish blog and food writer for The Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for The Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, The Whole Dish, www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. It's also available at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley food, which is the mobile version. I began a new column for the Mail Tribune a couple of weeks back, and it laid the foundation for the whole dish as a concept. The approach that I have developed over years of cooking, years of writing about food, and more recently teaching cooking classes that I want to share with readers and particularly people with young children, busy families, working families, and of course, anyone with dietary sensitivities or or other issues that they need to accommodate. And I spoke about this in my last podcast, sort of laid the foundation for it. And in this week's column, I sort of go in reverse order (laughs) from the way I, I presented the the concept two weeks previously, rather than delving right into whole foods and the concept of using all of an ingredient, meaning practicing kitchen economy, sort of skipped over that to, to get into cooking with kids. And using cooking as a way to foster family togetherness, sort of restore harmony. So often it feels rushed and it feels stressful for people who have so many other things going on in their day other than getting dinner on the table. And of course, staying at home a lot of the day with my younger son, at least, I have a little bit more time. I have the luxury of a little bit more time, but there are certainly days when we are going from one thing to the next and it feels like half the day is spent in the car and we come home to something that's been in the crock pot. So there's ways to approach that no matter what your day will bring, what your week will bring. And of course, I'll get into that as the whole dish sort of unfolds and progresses every other week in the food section of the Mail Tribune. And you can find those stories online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. That's where they're all available on the Mail Tribune's website. But I thought I'd share today a few more tips for cooking with kids to accompany my column on how I brought both my sons into the kitchen on a recent weekday when I just needed to get dinner on the table and they were not getting along. And it was a great way to distract them from their disagreements and also get a little bit of help, although it's (laughs) it's always questionable from three and five-year-olds how much help they can actually be, but it is nice to have an extra set of hands stirring something occasionally and, and that's certainly where they get a lot of their earliest practice. But my boys, as I said in this week's column, the whole dish in, in the military Tribune food section, they love cooking. I bought them aprons when they were each a year and a half old. I think one of the first things I bought for Christmas presents. And they love putting those on and sort of dressing the part and getting in the whole spirit uh, mood of cooking. It's very important, of course, for everyone but reinforcing for kids at a very early age hand washing and obviously we wash our hands all the time just to prevent illnesses as well just general you know viruses they're bringing home from school but of course handling foods i also explain to them if they handle something like raw meat that we have to wash our hands again just reinforcing those sanitation uh, techniques and standards are, are important so they start with washing your hands well have their aprons on I also like to really practice the philosophy in professional cooking kitchens of mise en place if it's just me in the kitchen I don't in- adhere to it real strictly but of course mise en place French for everything in its place means that your ingredients Your tools and utensils are laid out so they're all within easy reach. You know where everything is. You're not scrambling around trying to find something mid-cooking process. The reason why I prefer to do this, particularly with my children in the kitchen, is because it allows parents to keep an eye on everything. You're not turning your back and rifling through the pantry or the drawers, trying to locate something, and meanwhile, your kids are picking up utensils that they shouldn't be using yet or digging into ingredients that, spilling things. So having everything out, laid out neatly, ready to go is definitely preferable when cooking with kids and even older children. I just finished a cooking series as a volunteer cooking instructor for Access with Ashland School District, a group of high school students most of which had had very little experience in in the kitchen. And we started all of our classes with a pretty uh, solid mise en place. It also creates a really obvious visual. And, of course, kids, I think, tend to be visual first. And, of course, maybe the listening doesn't come quite so readily. But they can see everything that's going to be used and then they they tune into the process because then there's an explanation that accompanies that patience is a big thing in raising children particularly bringing them into the kitchen of course and my cooking strategy for my children reinforces patience as as a skill my boys listen before they touch anything. I tell them right up front, before we touch anything, I'm going to tell you what we're doing, what this ingredient is for, what this tool is for, and we're going to decide who's going to do what and divide the tasks up among ourselves. They listen. If they start grabbing things, we remind them that it's not time for a particular ingredient or for a particular process. And it's not without its little speed bumps, but it tends to go more smoothly. And in fact, slowing down the process of food preparation makes me feel more relaxed in the kitchen as well. There are certainly times when having my my kids grabbing things and spilling things has added a a little bit of a stress factor. But as we practice this, everyone kind of gets into their routine and knows what's expected and adjusts their behavior accordingly. I'm not vouching for this as an every single meal activity to have kids in the kitchen, of course. It's more a special occasion, and that's sort of what keeps it special for kids. They look forward to it. They feel like it's a little bit different. They feel valued. They feel like they are really doing something. But of course, you do something every day and that novelty wears off. So I would say once or twice a week, my kids are helping me in the kitchen with something on the order of our family dinner. So in addition to listening, waiting, cultivating patience around ingredients and measuring, stirring, Of course, the other big thing to enforce is safety with the stovetop, with hot water. Kids have to learn from a young age what's hot, what they can touch, certainly what the consequences. And they have a healthy fear, most kids, of touching the stove. Hopefully they have developed that by the time they're one and a half to mobile around the kitchen. So my kids naturally are wary and that brings in another explanation from the parent side of encouraging them that there are things that they can do in the kitchen under certain circumstances that are safe it's not dangerous to touch the handle of this pan but you can't touch the stovetop you hold the handle while you stir. You don't touch the sides of the pan. You have to kind of hold your arms up. It's all techniques practicing that we've all had to learn at some point just to navigate a hot range top. And I don't feel like three is too young to be learning those lessons. I do not leave my children unattended at the stovetop. I'm right there with them. But they got their very first practice stirring milk into cocoa powder and and sugar for hot chocolate or pouring the popcorn kernels into the hot pan that we were using to pop popcorn and then standing back while I would do the rest of the process. But just tiny little incremental tasks that work up to Allowing them to actually hold the handle of a pan and stir, I think, is perfectly appropriate. And I have had success with my children starting around age three. The other aspect of cooking that gives a lot of parents some (laughs) gray hairs (laughs) that don't have them already is using a knife, cutting, slicing, dicing, that sort of thing. And I definitely reinforce for my children, before they ever handle a knife themselves, how I handle it. They watch me hold my large chef's knife and chop, and I explain to them what's happening and what's sharp. I mean, they can certainly see it, but that we have to keep our fingers out of the way. They can't grab things off the cutting board if we're cutting carrot sticks, for example, for for their meal. I show them how I keep my fingers out of the way. And then when it's their turn to learn, of course, I don't start with the largest, sharpest knife in the kitchen. I love Pampered Chef brand pairing knives. I have about four of them in my knife drawer. And they're just such a great little knife with a plastic handle, about a two and a half inch long blade that really isn't at all sharp. I, I mean, it's... It's really just more the thinness of the blade than the the actual edge that um, manages to cut things of a certain texture. And so, of course, I start my kids with those little tiny knives, cutting soft things, mushrooms, black olives if we're having tacos, little pieces of cheese, very soft fruits like strawberries. And they get their practice doing that with something that has very, very minimal risk and build some confidence. And then they can move on. I allowed my boys to help me prepare our Brussels sprouts for dinner the other night and get them ready for the the roasting pan. And they used a slightly sharper, slightly larger paring knife. Certainly sharp enough to cut the cut through a brussels sprout, and they practiced cutting sort of the woody ends off for the brussels sprouts to dried out, and then having them often with my help, helping them to apply a little pressure. It's often hard for kids to really apply enough pressure to certain harder fruits and vegetables to actually make a clean cut. And also with positioning the food on on the cutting board and holding it steady. Leverage is another thing that ultimately everyone who's handled a knife kind of fine tunes that knife point into the food first and sort of pressing in a downward motion on the entire knife blade through the food. That's something that's easier to to see in action than actually explain. And also what we call in our cooking classes for access, and what is certainly pretty common terminology, the claw, for holding onto items that are being cut with the free hand, the hand that is not holding the knife. And there's YouTube videos demonstrating this, and very simply, it is bunching up the hand into a claw shape. It's pretty obvious to when you when you do it. Sort of like that Jim Carrey movie Liar Liar, where his hand became the claw, <laughs> and tucking the thumb out of the way, kind of kind of underneath, using the fingertips primarily. You're not using really the the rest of your hand and not so much holding the food still or steady is how I often explain, explain it to people, but just pressing it, just applying pressure to hold it onto the cutting surface, which is why it's important to have a very steady, um, stable cutting surface and obviously a, a flat Um, place on the item that's being cut for it to rest, preferably. That isn't always possible. But again, just using that claw and pressure from the fingertips to just press it into the cutting surface and hold it steady. Not really manipulating it too much. Holding it in one place and letting the knife blade come to the food is what I find to be most helpful when I demonstrate this for people. And of course, not allowing any small setbacks. Granted, there is the potential for accidents to happen in the kitchen, just about anywhere with kids. But if they do experience um, an unpleasant thing in the kitchen, my son just barely nicked the end of his pinky finger the other day. And was because his pinky was straggling out toward where he was cutting, which is a bad habit of mine as well, which I told him wasn't serious. A lot of kids certainly make a big deal about their little owies. I explained to him that it was not significant. We would put a bandage on it, and we could continue our our cooking. Every kid, of course, has the degree to which they will react to that, but I think the parent's reaction obviously has a lot to do with a child's ability to cope and their their confidence. And of course, what we're trying to do is build confidence here with adults as well. It's a, kind of the point of why I wanted to write the whole dish as a column is to help people build confidence in the kitchen by trying new things, not relying on recipes. And the earlier you can start, the easier it is. And of course, remembering it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> I almost forgot this the other day when my Older son spilled some rice. We were trying to get into the pan of risotto down into the grates of the the range, and I had to clean it up. And he knew I was not thrilled because I had just that area had just been cleaned, <laughs> but I had to stop myself. And um, as I could tell, he he was feeling like he had made a big mistake. And show him how easily it could be dealt with, and that it, that it happens. Kitchens are are gonna get messy. There's spills on the floor, and there's dishes that need to be cleaned up every time we go in and prepare a meal. But the process should be enjoyable, and the more we can foster that with our kids, of course, through our attitudes, the more appealing it's gonna be for them. The more they're gonna want to help out, and hopefully build healthy eating habits and constructive cooking habits for a lifetime of cooking for themselves. So those are my additional tips to accompany this week's The Whole Dish in the Mail Tribune food section a la carte. You can read that column online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle, forward slash food. And of course, my companion blog, which touches on other aspects of my day-to-day family cooking is available at www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish and blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. Thank you for listening and reading The Whole Dish.